if you want to stay in the same situation, then continue doing what you're doing. And you guys can get on board and go down this four-lane highway and just rock it out, and you don't have to have a decade of learning process. Meet people where they are. If you want to have all types of clients, be a Rubik's Cube. Meet them where they want to be met. We have to know our numbers. We have to know how much we want, and then what, how many deals do I have to close to make that a reality? What I want to do over the next half hour or so is give you clarity on the items that really are going to generate money for you and allow you to do the things you want to do. So if you're not currently being coached by the people in the industry that are doing it at the highest level, then you're working too hard to get there. This is the Next Level Loan Officers Podcast with Kenneth Travis and Sean Zalmanoff. Hi everybody, Sean Zalmanoff here with Next Level Loan Officers Podcast and with our friend Lisa Wells. Lisa, how are you this morning? Hey, good, Sean. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Lisa, so this month is a very special month for you in your career. Mm -hmm. You're crossing uh, the two-decade threshold in the mortgage business. Yes, 20 years I've been in this business and survived in some years, thrived in others, but um, roller coaster nonetheless. You started when you were 15 years old and that <laughs> licensing wasn't needed back then. So it was, uh, it was a good time to be in the business. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think, you know, when I got in, in 1988, like there, I didn't know any different, you know, so I didn't know how difficult it was. I didn't know, um, anything. I was, uh, uh, went to college to to be uh, go on to law school, and I decided after doing a summer internship, I did not want to go to law school. I was like, that is way too much paper, that is way too much stuff. Everyone hides behind files. I didn't want to do it, and so then I was waitressing uh, for a year. And some people came in and said, hey, you should be in the mortgage business. And I said, oh my god, I am terrible at math. My high school math teacher said I could hope to be a basket weaver. Like that's how good I was at math. It was bad. And they said, no, 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 you don't need to know math. You just need to talk, be able to talk to people and get them to trust you. So, um, I said, I will give it a try. And that's where I started. It's funny. I was working in a restaurant in college too. And that was how I was introduced to the mortgage business myself. Somebody yeah. who all the time tried to get me to come work for them for years. And, uh, finally, after I got tired of interviewing for jobs, I did. Yeah. Well, I think it's one of those things, right? You hire the personality and you teach the skill. You do. So, so it's, it's a very interesting topic for our time that we're in now as yeah. some of the larger players in the market are pushing the robots and saying that they don't need you and I anymore in order to be able to advise them and yep. help people with loans. And although technology is here and it's going to make our lives in much easier on not having to worry about collecting pay stubs and W-2s that were never very exciting conversations anyway. We yep. were just talking before this about client education and that missing in the market. And you know, that is something yeah. that no matter what robots come into play, that you need the human element that we just can't take that away. So what are you doing right now in that market? Um, again, because I've been in this business for 20 years, I'm fairly old school with the approach that I do. And at the end of the day, it's all about relationship. And, uh, for us, uh, I think that our industry has done, uh, not a great job with really educating the client. Um, everything is fast. Hey, online, you know, you can talk to any mortgage person 24 hours a day, seven days a week by snap, you know, 
chat or whatever by doing it online. And, and I think that's great. However, um, there are so many different ways to structure a mortgage. There are so many different ideas and ways to get an interest rate, you know, do mortgage insurance. And I just think that is falling on deaf ears with most of the industry. And so I take a lot of time. We meet a lot of our clients face-to-face or we do do what? Yeah, we do face-to-face. We do, you know, phone consults. If we can't see them face-to-face, we've introduced video so that we can see our clients face-to-face. We review everything, you know, rates, payment, cash to close so that when they go out, they're crystal clear on why I'm doing the way I'm doing it. Why did you show me 5% versus 10%? Why did you show me this mortgage insurance option versus this? And depending on everybody's personal situation, things might be different. And I just don't think there is ever going to be a one size fits all in this industry. But if people don't have the background and the knowledge, or they're not willing to take the time, they're going to miss out on that opportunity. And they will not know they missed until it's too late. So loan officers listening right now, we complain often about the market reducing us to a commodity. Yes. Saying that, you know, they're just asking about rate. Well, because you're not educating your clients, because you're not explaining your value proposition of what you bring to the market, you're asking to be reduced to a commodity. When you sit down and somebody has a very clear, concise picture of the cash to close, of what mortgage insurance is best, all of a sudden you have created value You've shown what you're delivering and then that eighth of a point just isn't as big of a deal anymore because you have created such an amazing picture of exactly what they can expect to the point that doesn't happen all the time, but that they don't even need to shop you anymore because they understand that you're truly an expert. Yeah. And I think the value adds of reviewing like, what is your return on investment if you do, you know, an FHA versus a conventional versus 10% down versus 20% down? And yes, there are software programs out there that can dazzle people and with all their financial wizardry and, and show those returns. But if no one can explain those items, it's lost on the client. So if you have some of those programs, I think they're fantastic, but there still has to be the human element to explain it. I mean, People come to us because we are the experts and we do this every single day. And our job is to dissect that crazy information and all the things that are coming at them to the understandable and to what makes logical sense to them. Felice, you've been in the business since 1998. When you, when you entered the business, the stock market was on a trajectory pretty much similar to uh, how we were until a few months ago. And mm-hmm. then uh, you know the tragedies of 9-11 happened. Market yeah. rebound amazing again. We had the Great Recession. We had a 10, 11 year uh, bull run that's been happening since then. And now a little bit of uncertainty in the market. Some people are predicting a recession in a few years. How has your business evolved? What kind of production were you doing at the beginning to the way that you're crushing it now? And what have you done? Sorry, I've got like a three prong question here. I know. Um, I was like, oh my gosh. This this really so, so just before we get into the latter part of that, just how, how, did you, how, how did your business evolve over that time, over the last 20 years? Oh my gosh. Well, probably when I first started in this business, I started with a company that did all um, BC paper. So very hard, cut your teeth, to your arms, you know, you can't get a loan. I'm going to figure it out. So started there. 
then moved to, you know, working at Wells Fargo. So I was at Wells for about eight years. And at Wells, I really learned how to, to do the business, right? Because the benefit of it was everybody came into the bank. You didn't have to be really good. You just have to be there and be able to talk with the people and close their deals. Um, and it, it came in at my Wells Fargo time where I would did really good volume, you know, 40, $50 million. And it was just me. Hang on. I want to make sure I'm back. You're Sorry back. about that. Um, so that was great production, but it wasn't sustainable because it was all reactionary. Meaning if they walked in, I took care of them. There was nothing that I self-generated. So I left Wells Fargo in, oh gosh, 2008. And that was a really scary time because I decided I had to leave there because I was like this um, I also joined a coaching program at that point that really was teaching me sales and how to build a business and how to build a team. And sometimes the big corporations just don't, um, they don't embrace that. They want you to stay here um, because that way you're really connected and uh, you rely on them. You start to get too much self-reliance. They don't necessarily love that because then you want to get paid more because you're generating and all that stuff. So that's what happened to me. Um, so. Uh, during that period of 2008, probably the last 10 years, really what I've worked on has been learning how to do the business the right way and not as a mortgage person, but as a business person. And so what that means is really looking at the big picture of running a business, really looking at doing the right thing for the client, regardless if it's the right thing or the profitable thing for me, it's the right thing for the client. Cause that's how small businesses are run, right? Like they have the option to do the right things so that clients will come back and, and refer and do all those kind of things. So probably during that 10 year period, my, um, volume went from, you know, probably that 30, 40, $40 million range to the high point of 96 million. Um, and then this year we're on track to close about, uh, end of year should be about 79 to 81, depending on how we close out the year. Awesome. So in a time where so many people are talking about the business being tough and margin mm -hmm. compression and, and this and that going on, which just so you know, every single one of us is dealing with the same exact things out there. Folks. Yes. Uh, oh. what? What, what's, what's, what's allowing you to close $80 million in business this year? Well, and just to be super clear, it is not easy. It is incredibly hard. It is incredibly frustrating. And this is a, you know, not my best year ever. So it's been, you know, definitely more challenging for me and definitely um, humbling for me. And I know that I say that tongue in cheek because people that close what I'm closing, they're like, oh my God, that's like double what I've ever closed. It's all relative, yeah. you know, it's all relative. Um, I think for me, my message has been a little bit different this year with regards to agents and business partners with being, how can I help you? What can I bring value wise to your business? And I know some people say like, well, I get referrals from my guy at Wells Fargo and yes, you know, maybe they don't close on time or maybe their process is a little bumpy, but I get business from him. And my answer to that is, you know, I, I, can, I, I can feed you for a day doing that, but if I teach you how to fish, I can feed you for a lifetime. And that's really more my motto of, I'm in this coaching program that coaches some of the top mortgage and real estate people in the country. 
Like these are some of my best friends that will give me any information and any insight to any agent. So that's really been my motto this year is what value can I bring? What challenge are you having? And how can I help you? Because you and I both know that we're getting margin compression. We're getting challenged by the online lenders. Well, so are real estate agents. I mean, you've got open pad or open door or whatever it is, or yeah, open pad, I think. Um, you've got purple dot, or I don't want to say purple dot because I feel like that's a CRM, but purple something that talks about coming in and basically excluding the agent and doing all these different things. Well, guess what, guys? We're in the same boat. And so in order to combat that and challenge those interrupters, we got to do it together. And I think realtors cannot look at lenders anymore like a necessary evil. They have to look at them as an absolute necessity of a business partner and vice versa. So that's been kind of the mantra this year. And vice versa, man. And the number of times that I talk to a loan officer and like, I hate realtors. It's just like, yeah, it's your fault or you're working with the wrong ones. I mean, there yeah. are the number of loan officers out there that are, uh, well, just let's just be honest, shouldn't be in the business is equal to the number of realtors that just shouldn't be in the business too. And you got to yes. find the right ones that work with you. So yeah. what, uh, so in your market, what is, uh, what's the number of transactions that uh, it takes to close 80 million loans, $80 million in loans in Minnesota? Uh, so we will close probably close to about 240. Sorry about that. Um, Closing 242, close about 240, 250 transactions. Okay, great. So average loan size for us is about 352 roughly. Nice. What's your team setup look like? Well, um, we have got a LP1, which that person on my team, all they do is take leads, follow up with clients, um, and update agents. They set appointments for me for the clients to come in. I still meet with all of my clients face-to-face. -face. So every pre-approved client, um, I'm meeting with them. Awesome. So between her and myself, we handle all kind of the upfront follow-up and kind of conversion to contract. Then once we have a contract, I have someone on the back end who's been with me for about, uh, gosh, almost 10 years at this point. And she handles the disclosure appointments. So the clients actually come in and meet with her directly. She handles all the pricing. She also does all the pre-approval. So behind the scenes, the pre-approval of the client, and then she will hand off. And then our girls, uh, I've got two girls that go contract to close, which means awesome. they take the file once the contract is in and disclosed all the way through. They do the CD, they do updates every single week to the clients and handle it that way. So with everything that you know from working at the BC lender, <clears throat> going to Wells, and mm -hmm. you know, I actually had a question about that. So in 2008, the walls are caving in on the mortgage business, and that's mm -hmm. the time that you made the decision to break out. Yeah. Was that because that you realized yeah. as you started your self-generation that they didn't want you to be around in a room with smarter people, or what... Uh, what made you in one of the most catastrophic times in the financial world decide to make that leap? Um, I think because when I, I was working at Wells, like I feel like, and I'm not bashing them. I think they're an incredible company and they have incredible things going on. And I think they have an amazing group of people that work there. 
Um, but I think sometimes when catastrophic things happen in markets, um, bigger companies really go, Ugh, and they start reviewing every single thing and they start having layers of management reviewing everything to make sure that it's going to work and to make sure that it's going to be proper. And it just got to feel like walking through quicksand. Like I couldn't get anywhere and I couldn't get momentum. And again, like I mentioned, I, at that point in 2008, I joined a coaching program called the core and they were the ones who, I, I don't know if it was, gave me a false sense of you can do this, or this is a great time because when there is blood in the streets, there is massive opportunity. And I just think I believe that. And I took a leap and yeah, did it. Yes, we're rolling into 2019 here again. There is massive opportunity. I think the latest stat that I saw yes. was the Mortgage Bankers Association expects 25% of our industry to be gone by 2000 and the end of 2019. So 25% yes. of our companies, 25% of our loan officers. And there's two ways to look at that. There's one of, oh my God, am I going to be in that? Or there's the other side of, wow, there's a whole lot of realtors that need to get served. There's a whole lot of loan officers that I can mm -hmm. help right now. And it's just... Yes. Different philosophy and a different mindset that you wake up in each morning, depending on which side of the fence you decide to wake up on each day. So, <clears throat> yeah, all the skills. I, I just had to, to go back and ask about that. So everything that you've learned, there's a loan officer listening. Like, gosh, I can never close 200 transactions a year. Well, first of all, you got to start and close 50, then you got to close 100, and, and then you can close 200. Yes. But what yeah. are you telling somebody right now? It's, what's the, if you had two bits of advice for one main thing that you would tell a loan officer who's trying to get to the next level, what would you tell them to do? Um, I mean, the word consistency comes to my mind. I think in real estate and in mortgage, the number one thing that we all are challenged with is follow-up, which then leads to consistency. And I think that when we stay consistent and we stay consistent with our message and we stay in front of our business partners and we stay in front of our clients, it really builds trust. And I think that number one uh, is a tip I would give people. You got to stay really consistent with your communication, with your message, with just showing up all the time. Um, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what's going on in this business, it doesn't matter. You have to keep showing up. So that's the number one thing. And I think the number two thing is, um, you got to surround yourself with people that have the bigger pile. So what that means to me is you got to surround yourself with people that have been where you are and are to the next level. So I cannot teach a loan officer how to close over a hundred million because I haven't done it. But I can teach a loan officer uh, to close 10 million, to get to 15, to go to 25, to go to 30, all the way up to 90 because I have done it. And so I think so many times we wanna feed our egos to be like, oh, well, I'm the best and I'm around, but you still might be in a small pond. So keep working and keep seeking out people that have done more than you or do it tighter than you or do it more efficiently or more profitable because 
if you are not constantly learning and evolving, you are going to be left behind. And that is the theme for the rest of our careers here. You know, if we're not embracing mm -hmm. the technology, if we are not creating value, the companies, the loan officers that embrace technology and create value are the ones that are going to succeed. And yeah. the rest of those who don't, it's not going to be me and it's not going to be Lisa, but everybody else is going to be left behind in the market because that's what it takes in order for us to all succeed. You got to create value. And man, it's, it's very impressive. It's, it's refreshing to hear somebody doing the volume, doing the numbers and closing the amount of transactions that you are, Lisa, that has not separated themselves so far from the realtors and uh, from your clients. So many times we're told, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you're just not as important as you think you are. Not as important as you just build this team and you don't have to do mm. which is our number one. Opposite. You've got to do the work. You have to stay engaged. There's a reason that people chose you in the first place and you can have an amazing team to help, but you can't be absent from the running of that team. You can't be absent from the interaction with your clients. Yeah, I think the database right now is probably the most important thing next to realtors that we are focusing on um, because, yeah, and, and I don't care how big people get, if you become disengaged from the personal relationships that got you there, uh, eventually they will become disengaged from you and will find someone else that they're more connected with, more dialed in with, and, and um yeah, it just is, it's going to get harder and harder to maintain those relationships. It's going to take more and more work. Which is why you need to build your wall around your realtors, build your wall around your database. So you are the mm -hmm. choice for them to go to. Yeah. So what's big on the horizon? So 2018 has been a, been a great year, been a challenging year to say the least. 2019 mm -hmm. is going to be another fantastic year. It's going to be a little challenging for us too. What are, what are your goals for 2019? What's uh What's on the horizon for Lisa Wells? Uh, well, for I'll be honest with you, I'm going to be very glad to have 2018 below or behind me <laughs> because, you know, we did lots of changes. We had some team changes. Um, and I think really in 2019, our focus is going to be super dialed in relationships with database, really dialed in. Um, I think there are certain times in the business where you go wide and then you go deep. And I think 2019 is going to be a year where you go deep with business partners, relationships, uh, realtor relationships, and database, because it is just me and my small team that are nurturing those relationships, and we can't go wide. We've got to go deep, and we want to grow and get bigger, but we want to do it organically, which means really taking care of the people that take care of us. So I think that's really going to be our focus. Um, Again, we are probably going to look to add a couple of mortgage people onto our group, not to my team, but to just, you know, run in our branch, because I do think there's going to be some really good people that are maybe just at the wrong company or have the wrong mentors or have the wrong, you know, messaging that are going to be looking for, for new homes. There definitely are. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the talent for loan partners, for processors that is already yeah. in the market is greater than been doing this for since 2002 my 16th year and i've never okay. seen the ability to hire the a players that are available right now yeah 
Yeah, and it's funny. I was talking to uh, my owner this morning, and he was talking and saying that exact same thing. And he said, it's like people are on sale right now. I'm so excited about it. I'm like, okay, well, that's a weird way to look at it, but I get it, right? Like there's top talent. And, and if you're in middle management in a mortgage company now, that's a tough place, tough spot to be in because that's who's getting reallocated or readjusted at this point. It is. Well, hey, Lisa, um, I appreciate your time. Appreciate all the value that you've brought. Cheers to an amazing 2019. Thank you all for listening to us today on Next Level and Officers Podcast. If you'd like your free strategy call, you know how to get us. Please reach out. Hope you all have a great day. Lisa, anything else to share? No, I think, um, yeah, this is an incredible business and it gives us an incredible opportunity to to reach a lot of people and do a lot of good things. So use our power for good, not evil, is what I would say. Make sure you're telling yourself that every day this is an incredible business that provides an incredible yeah. opportunity. It will change your life. Appreciate y'all. Have a great day.